Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ask people gonna find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit. You know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the pull back, drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did travel some humongous ways. Oh, that's the paper thing? Oh, that looks good on it. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to the Cosmic Apricot Sessions. Smithy and Rabbit Bartholomew unplugged, or plugged in, should I say, at the Burley Single Fin Festival, presented by Billabong. What an experience this was. Uh, look, a bit of context. The esteemed surf coach, surfer, and all-round Gold Coast fucking core lord had the bright idea of uh, taking a little spiritual enhancement to help us commentate the final day of the single fin contest down there at Burley. You know, to truly tap in to the ethos, the mana, if you will, of the surf crafts and surf era we were paying homage to. And tap in we did to a cosmic dried apricot handed to me by a mad Northern Rivers Swellian, the great Raro Tongan Rastafarian Maddie from Mullum. Yes, so uh, there we were, absolutely torched from the day of festivities beforehand, uh, uh, and uh, under the influence of a cosmic apricot, wilting like dried lettuce in the sun, energy levels dangerously low, scratching the red zone. Uh, now, and I took divergent paths through this tried and tetris terrain. He went the Hunter S. Thompson route and uh, drank the fear away with single fin lager and pims. Uh, whatever that fucking shit is. Uh, I took another path. I meditated under Stace's stool during his commentary shifts in the breaks between mine with a couple of strategic Wim Hof microdoses dotted throughout the day. As we know, there is no progress without struggle. Uh, and on the other side of fear is everything you could ever dream of and it proved true once again as the great man, the real goat or rabbit or whatever fucking totem animal you want to align him with took the mic. Uh, look, the waves were marginal and I'd never had the pleasure of meeting and chatting with bugs, so I thought, you know, I'm just going to turn this into a podcast, an interview. I'm going to pick his brain on everything I can think of, uh, minus a couple of the more painful memories from his career, like the busting down the door saga, for example. And we covered everything from uh, early Indonesian exploration to mushroom and MDMA therapy to surfing single fins at Maxing Burley without a leg rope. Uh, we went through his rivalry with MP and M- MR and so much more. It was endless. Uh, you know, I, I just love his era of surfing. I love him and his resilience in the face of so many obstacles. I love the, the comical scammer spirit of his times when there was no money in surfing. And I see a direct line between that era of surfing and my own, you know, coming up as a 17, 18, 19 year old on my first surf trips around the globe, uh, you know, spinning the globe, traipsing around the Pacific uh, you know, kind of dodging Indonesia because I thought it was blown out. And, uh, yeah, just that, that comical, you know, shit kicker, 
stringing it all together, that just that spirit of surfing. I loved it. Uh, I was raised on it down there at Bondi. There's so many classics from the area who went missing in G-Land and wherever else for months at a time. Um, yeah, and, and just, you know, he is the... Don't get, it, don't get it mixed up. He is the spirit animal of Australian surfing. Uh, you know, he's, he's also a battler who takes care of other battlers, which, you know, might be the thing I adore about him the most. You know, he, what he did for Dingo Morrison... Um, when Dingo's family unit imploded. It's just amazing. And it, it, you can't say enough about uh, what he did there just to raise a kid, a, a promising young surfer from, you know, who's down on his luck. Fucking incredible. What a fucking icon. Um, so much more. You know, we talked about the Dream Tour that he birthed, essentially. The Billabong challenges back in the day. Um, you know, I enjoyed this so much. The cosmic apricot crescendos, as you'll hear, right around when Bugs tells his roast beef story. I hope the Swellians get as much of a kick out of this as I did. Big thanks to Billabong and the Burley Board Riders for putting this mental event on. <laughs> Mad. God, it's a it's a pretty amazing rookie rookie class uh, for 2022, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, a lot of Aussies, a lot of uh, blue-collar grit. That would make you proud, Rabs. You know, yeah. you guys were self-made, working class, you know, putting surfing on the map, tr- you know, making your own boards, uh, just an incredibly gritty era of surfing. And Australian surfing, we kind of went to a place where we were making a lot of money. Uh, we kind of lost the camaraderie or the mongrel and the grit a bit. And I f- think we're back in the trenches, it's safe to say, at the moment. And uh, I think the boys really and the girls came together on the Challenger Series uh, and putting some really solid, gritty performances. I was, I was frothing to see it. We had Dimity on the broadcast yesterday. Narrowly missed out on a 2022 berth, but uh, just incredibly gritty surfing. Cannot wait to see what they uh, bring to the table in 2022, Bugs. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a great story. I mean, I, you know, this is what I, I have to say. I really like, uh, with the WCL, I really like the, the, uh, how the setup is, the structure. Mm. Yeah, the fact that the guys... And girls can qualify at home. You know, I, I was really worried. Uh, you know, I used to say for three or four years, like, hey, you know, these guys, I, I, I gave a good example. I, I said, look, here's an example. This kid called Quinn Bruce, right? He's, uh, he saves up. He's got three shitty paying jobs. He works. He's washing dishes mm. and gets himself to washing a one-off. Washing dishes at the Twin Towns. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he gets himself to a one-off QS3000 in Chile. Cost him about seven grand to get there. Yeah. Gets a ninth, not bad. Yep, but yep. it really doesn't count for him because he's got to come back, wash dishes again to get the next one off. That's right. And the Aussies no couldn't do it. That that sponsorship pool of uh, riches, uh, it just evaporated. It just mm. isn't there like mm. it was for Mick and Parco mm. and and Joshy Kerr and mm. Taj when they came through and they were juniors. You know those thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars sponsorships, they're gone. That's right. And, and so it's really good now that they can compete at home. Like Callum Robson's a classic example. Oh, the Evans head battler. Yeah, he just, he, even that last event at Cabarita came from the clouds, made it on the Challenge Series. Now he's made it through in one year. Made it through. Incredible. And yeah. that's what you can do. What did you make of the action bugs at Cura? Yeah, it was. Before you get a couple? Uh, he was, you wouldn't believe it. He, he went down, he went down crook. Oh. Yeah, there was a bit of a super spreader at the yeah. Snapper Prezzo. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. And then followed by New Year's Eve, the ultimate super oh, spreader. Oh, the ultimate super spreading event there. And a lot of them went down. Just yeah, a lot of them no. went down. And, you know, you couldn't take care on with that kind of fatigue. No, you can't. Paddle on the plane. No, that, was a, that was a real oh, shame. Sure. But, I, I, you know, it was awesome. There were some awesome moments out there. Who got the one, you reckon, the wave of the swell that you oh, saw? Oh, Parco. 
That was a bomb, ah, wasn't geez. it? It was huge. It was unbelievable. It was just incredible. That thing I mean, was my, 10 foot. I like, mean, you know, my, my son showed me that and he was so sick. He just said, this is a, that made him sick. <laughs> Does he need any more, the glutton Paco? He's a chew. <laughs> Does pig. he need any more? Oh, oh my, my God. He gets, he gets the best one every swell. Does he what? It was such a good, it was such a beautiful wave. I wonder how they are, you know, how they joust off there, Fenning and Parko, for who gets the one. It seems that Parko <laughs> seems to be on the one. Yeah. And Fenning's getting the, the kind of long, thick, yeah. square ones. But uh, it's shades of UNMP out there, to be honest. Definitely. Their, their, their duel just continues on. I mean, now they're free surfing, and but they're still just picking the eyes out of it. And... <laughs> I know, yeah. The alpha males on the bombs. And, yeah, that thing was... Just one of the tallest pits I've ever seen out there. It didn't look like Kieran oh. Clock backdoor. The thing was huge. It was like big backdoor. It was amazing. Mm. And he just stood tall. You know, that, that photo of him on Kira Surf, you know. Best ever. Like, the it, was, it would have been like that looking into it. Like yep. another reprint. Yeah. 2021 uh, version. Yeah. Another, another 100 metres on it, though. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. One thing that's kind of lost on the broadcast at times is just the sheer inertia in these boards when they get them going. You see a guy put together a smooth roundhouse rebound on a single fin and it is one of the satis most satisfying things you'll see as a spectator, let alone uh, a surfer. I can't imagine what it feels like as Bots winds up and slashes out of the top, grinding like it's a Kiwi in Florianapolis out there. Yeah, that was really... Circa that was, 77. Yeah, that was, that was a rock break Florida special. <laughs> Did you ever surf any kind of marginal heats on single fins? Oh, sure man. More than a couple. Me and a guy called Pat Mulhern uh, from the U.S. had these incredible, we had three finals in tiny surf in uh, Florida, New Jersey. No. Oh, yeah. New Jersey. And, uh, oh. you know, I used to just amp up on a, a, um, espresso coffee. <laughs> And uh, and I'd be shitting. You were calling them back in the. You know, and I'd be I'd be shedding weight like a jockey during the week. <laughs> shedding weight? Did right. you say it was shedding weight? Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. You had Holy to be light right. on your feet, man. We, you know, we're talking like one foot Sebastian Inlet. It's wow. the best one foot wave in the world. Kelly Slater learned. Yeah, you know, became Kelly Slater right riding wedge, Sebastian yeah. Inlet. Mm. You know, everywhere's flat. This little wedge would come off. It was one foot, and you could do a full blooded roundhouse cutback on it. But one of my last uh, big big finals out here in the Stubbies uh, was a, a full rock break. It was uh, against K Tom Carroll. Wow. It was in uh, 1984 for the number one world ranking. Wow. Uh, I went in there. I, I was leading the world ranking. This is back in the day where it didn't finish in Hawaii. It finished in Australia. It's coming down to the world title. I'm leading into the final. It's, uh, it comes down to a, a, a nail-biting 3-2 split decision. Tommy gets me. And uh, it took me a while to get over that. In fact, it was about four years later, I got brushed out of a nightclub at three o'clock in the morning with the cigarette butts. And I went, I think I'm over that final. <laughs> <laughs> Carried out. Yeah, and a uh, bit of PTSD. I mean, Tommy, froth, paddling rings around you. There's one thing losing a final, but losing the number one world ranking with it, oh. that can take its toll mentally. I bet. I and bet. I tell you, it's... Uh, it's, it's it's tough. I mean, um, people don't believe it, but you know, sometimes these these losses uh, they really affect you as an athlete mm. and a human being. No. And uh, you know, there's uh, there was a lot of undiagnosed mental illness in my day. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, it, it went with the territory of surfing. <laughs> it was a 
a counterculture. It was, uh, you know, it was it was rock and roll in those days, Rabs, and it's incredible that you've, you know, you're here in such good nick today. I mean, he didn't make it through. A lot of casualties in yeah. along the way from the 70s and, and 80s. A lot of casualties. It's oh, very true. It's sad, but uh, you know they've put surfing where it is today. Uh, so, but yeah, you just got to keep on. That we stand. You got to keep on keeping on. You know, you got to right. you got to keep. We off meditation, peace, love, and mung beans, rabs, and reinvention. Yeah, you just got to keep reinventing yourself. You got to keep having dreams. You know, mm, well said. Once you stop dreaming, that's it. That's right, man. Well said. Book yourself in. <laughs> Book yourself in for the full neurochemical makeover. There's uh, some pretty cutting edge therapy coming out of all corners of the globe at the moment uh plant medicines breath work you know we're actually yeah. kind of returning back to those 60s 70s uh stuff again but now we've got the science to back it up so well the big one is uh yeah psilocybin that's right mate mdma Vitamin, i mean they, they MDMA are, therapy that's right yeah they are, they are they are giving you controlled mm -hmm. uh psychedelic trips now to overcome uh, depression. Depression. Yeah. You know, it's true. Six, six to eight months you'll get yeah. out of a uh, macro dose of psilocybin in a controlled therapeutic setting of good mental health. And, uh, you know, that's not to be scoffed at. And I think it was Nixon and the American reptiles, the war pigs that shut it down in the 70s, the grubs, so they could keep slaughtering and murdering. And, uh, you know, we as surfers have always known what the true path is. It's about commuting with nature, getting barreled uh, with your mates couple of bamboo schooners from time to time uh didn't go astray in the 70s though only you know well yeah. like yeah you know, I, I there was many uh, opportunity like i know now you say six to eight months i know quite a few guys at six to eight months that's right they took so many magic mushrooms that for six to eight months they are high <laughs> <laughs> high on life Couple of those uh, early G-Land pioneers, Peter McKay. You to spend a bit of time with him over the years, I'd imagine. Beautiful man. Yeah, just a, just such a great pioneer. Him and Tony Doris Eldrington in Indonesia, pioneers. You know, pioneers. and uh, just you know, they they loved adventure. They love finding these breaks and just surfing their brains out. I mean, that is living the dream. Mate, and you lived it right there with him. Uh, talk us through some of your early trips to the archipelago. I mean, yeah. there's an iconic bit of footage of you, I think, uh, at a, a Misto Reef that's since been revealed. Pro well, let's not even say. We don't need to. There's no so me and Doris Eldrington and uh, Dick Harvey, Richard Harvey, and I was a 15 to 18 foot Uluwatu one day. Wow. There was no uh, wrongs on the on the hill at Uluwatu. Nothing. Wow. Like zero. Just a couple of, uh, what, cattle tracks, goat tracks? No, there was one local Indonesian Balinese guy with a, a bucket of warm soft drink. Warm soft drink. Yeah, oh, that was it. Oh, cheers, mate. I've just surfed for 10 hours straight in 15-foot waves. I'll have a Fanta, please. Yeah, and <laughs> it was so <laughs> cool. We had board carriers. The, you know, the, the, the road was about it was about a two-kilometer march through all these gullies. And wow. To get there, there was one BMO in the morning at 8 o'clock in the morning and one BMO at 4 o'clock in the Arvo. Wow. And you just surfed there all day. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Unbelievable. We had, it was just such an adventure. Backside out there, how'd you go? How'd you, were you able to, uh, you know, pig dog a few out there in those years? Or when, yeah, when did that come into vogue? Yeah, Backside no, tube riding at the racetrack? And yeah, there was, uh, on the bigger days, there was some, there was some back end tube riding going on. Um, and I did hit the reef pretty hard this one day and uh, got some concussion. Oh, no. They took me to the local village and I was, I was seen to by the witch doctor. <laughs> and he just did a dance around me. 
packed mud all over my head. <laughs> oh, that helps. And I, I went into a room, a black room, for four days and four nights. Oh, that's great. That You know what's crazy is that that is proper protocol yeah. to deal with head or, uh, head injuries. Deal. It was. The mud man of Borneo. <laughs> You are kidding me. The Mudman of Borneo, early head injury protocol. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just been in a darkened room, taking it real easy yeah. on, the, on the coconut, you know, the hydro lights, the, uh, yeah, keeping really well hydrated. That's actually, mate, they're so ahead of the curve, the Balinese and the Indonesian and the Indi- indigenous cultures. They know, you know. They well, know. And then and, colonialism and, comes along and poisons them with sugar and yeah. all the other rubbish. Of course, there was a lot of us got injured that day, and, and obviously it came all the way back to that the BMO driver apologised profusely because he forgot the offerings. Oh, of course. He forgot but. the offerings to the gods, and we all went down on the reef. Of course. you got to light the incense in the morning, <laughs> say your alms. Oh! <laughs> committed surfing going on. In fact, one of the first Garuda flights I went on, it was a rickety old thing. And, and you know, the only way we got there was because there was a nice little offering. in, yes, the, in, in the, the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as long as there's a couple of coconut biscuits and incense, you know you're going to land that Garuda flight no matter what state it's in. <laughs> wow. Mate, I tell you, some of those inter-island fight flights I've oh. done in Indonesia, uh, you stand into the cockpit, you're looking at uh, you looking at Kadek up there, he gives you the thumbs up, yeah. gives you the smile, he's got no teeth, he's about a thousand years yeah. old, you can see all the gadgets in the uh, cockpit, you know none of them work. And you just go, like, we were, yeah, just a little bit more beetle nut, and we'll be there. <laughs> oh, there's a couple of beetle nuts, and uh, yeah, that'll make the trip go a bit quicker, wow. So, and, uh, did you go further afield up to Nias in uh, those early days, Lagundry? Oh, well, when, when, in when, yeah, when Joe uh, Angle and uh, Thornton went to Nias, I mean, they were, they were they really pioneered that place. But, you know, you know, well, like, uh, probably one of the first to, your crew to go to Nisalem Bogan and those outer, wow. outer places. and. I mean, I went there with Jack McCoy, and we, we surfed shipwrecks and got hungry and came into the shore, and, and um, you know, there was nothing there. Oh, and they chased, they chased this chicken around for us, us to have dinner, but the thing about this chicken was that it was so athletic that you couldn't actually break his leg off. It was just too muscly. Wow. You know? So we protein. didn't get to eat that night. <laughs> oh, there was nothing remarkable. there. That's there was remarkable. nothing there at all, but we had papaya and... A few bits and pieces. Wow, that is such core travel. Just bloody hell, man. It's hard yakka is what it is. Fire out. Indo. Oh, it's so exciting, though. I mean, yeah. serving these breaks to yourself. Unbelievable. They're all so on the map now. Bugs, I think, you know, that's really what we have to thank you for. You've put surfing on the map in ways that no one could imagine, that you couldn't have imagined. You know, a lot of these waves that you pioneered, the sport that you pioneered, the dream tour bugs. I mean, uh, of all your achievements, that's got to be right up there, the legacy that you've left for the rest of us in the form of this incredible tour. Uh, and I'd love to know what it was like. That first event was at 95 at G-Land. That's essentially what is you know, said to be the, the beginning of the dream tour. Well, actually, you know what, there's, there's actually a bit more before that because for me, the beginning of the, of the dream tour concept, even though I, I dreamt it up in 1971 when I was walking to school, it was the Billabong Challenges. Oh, the... Yes. They, they, they were it. 
Yes, they, because we concept. had the best surface in the world. I mean, we had Kelly and Rob Machado. Like, oh, it was insane, the right? Best. I love Shane it. Dorian. Yeah, big part of my youth. Yeah, and and you know we go to these amazing places with absolutely nothing, and and you know I'd I'd make up a different uh, format for every event, and the the surface would you know have a big say on how it should be run. And there was one event we ran where we I, I said you guys judge it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Was this uh, down on the south, south coast? coast. Yeah, that's right. It's incredible. And Shane Doring won. Oh, in I mean, huge uh, no toes or one of those big. Well, we got insane. We got no toes. We got we got insane surf. Look like Jaws. Yeah, we got insane surf. Mate, uh, what were your highlights from that journey? I mean, uh, in terms of waves, ridden sessions that stood out. Well, just an incredible concept. The surfers you brought together. Like it's almost unthinkable that you could even pull it off in this day and age. Hands yeah, I know, like, and it was so cool. The surface made it, but I mean, you know, those ones up northwest, uh, yeah. you know, those desert, those desert ones were amazing. The J Bay one was absolutely incredible. Uh, that that was the biggest J J Bay day I've ever seen. And um, you how know, big are we talking? Was it like eight to ten foot? Wasn't it roping? Oh, I was bigger. Like the you, you you it was it was washing through from the outside and. Kelly, you was so clever, uh, and um, there was a local guy, Shane, was in it, and, and he was, they were, they were still catching, like, those six, seven footers, they were coming in and doubling up and getting big tube rods, Margo, Margo. was just nuts in that, Johnny Boy Gomes, it was so cool, you know, wow. Margo was getting these waves down through impossibles, wow. and just getting so slammed, but just carving, wow. going for it, big Man time, handling it. it was so cool, wow, that, but it was just that whole concept of of going to amazing, the best places at exactly the right time of year, exactly mm. pinpointed. You know, we work with the the, the fishermen at Chopu to go at on the on the when the when the uh, the moon was waning. You know, wow! It was it, you wow. know you'd, you'd listen to the locals, listen to the fishermen. Wow! Go on the the right type part of the moon. I mean, it was pretty. We were trying to really uh, nail it, it down, it. you know. I love it, bugs. It's. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people get that view behind the lens. You know, that's what it took. It wasn't just. You know, back in those days, we didn't have the surfline forecasting no. tools at our disposal. It was like synoptic charts. It was talking to fishermen. Yeah. It was building bloody contest scaffolds on reef, outer island reef passes. It was. It was. It was me. You know, going to France and, and knowing that 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 third week of September. Was when it really started pumping at Gravière and Hossigur, and Mate, you know, I mean, it was it was just a lot of my experiences around the world, and then bringing that vision I had in '71 and '72, walking to school, dreaming of the Dream Tour, and and then having lived the tour, lived my dream, and being a touring pro, but then being able to actually implement the dream for, you know, when Kelly and and uh, that whole generation, and then then of course Mick and Joel and Taj and. You know, I mean, Taylor Knox, I mean, Rob Machado, Beshin. Oh, what a stylish era of surfing that you presided over. It, it was a golden It was golden really age. amazing. Yeah. No, we have so much to thank you for, Bugs. We're all in an absolute debt of gratitude. And I can't stress that enough. It's, it's real. The thanks is real. Not only uh, for the blueprint that you were able to create, but also the, you know, the, the mana and the personality that you infused it all with. You know, I think surfing is done in the right spirit. And uh, that's, what, that's what matters really to me anyway. Yeah, well, I I really um, focus on the simple things. Like I really wanted the, uh, I, I, you know, I just I just knew the guys 
trusted me. Mm. You know, they just trusted me. Like I had a really good rapport with Andy Irons and mm. and and those and him and Sonny Garcia. They just felt comfortable with me running it, running it because they could trust me. And I said, look, I don't care who wins, but I want the right guy. I mean, I was really big on the judging. Mm. It was mm. the judging, mm. It, mm. and it, we had to really. Uh, I said, let's overhaul this mm. whole thing. Like you tell me what what good surfing is, you know, and. Uh, you know, it was classic listening to Rob Machado and going, like, styles, everything. I yeah. said, hey, man, I get it. Far <laughs> <laughs> out. Yeah, how hard it is to, to nail a good criteria for surfing. Yeah, that's it's right. Incredible. It's incredible. It's really, it's really incredible. Now. And plus, you've got to be, one, you've got to be contemporary, but two, you've got to be progressive. Mm, mm, mm. And yeah. you nailed it. You did. I mean, I've never been able to argue here and there you know everyone can have their say but you've got five international judges yeah. doing their best you, you can't argue with it 99 percent no. of the time no, that's right i mean it's generally you know i mean like put it this way having gone through the the primitive days i know every trick in the book oh. I, I mean I, i'd say if i see prejudice if i see bias if i see parochial judging you're out of here yeah. and that's why you know i had perry hatchett from wa as my head judge you know he was a Staunch tough figure he was mm. tough right and, I needed a tough head judge. He was a bit gruff and a bit tough, but you know what? Mate, he, he, he he got it right. We'd be standing there at Sunset Beach at Pipeline, and just him and I would just be going, hey, you know what? Here's the criteria today. This is what we're looking for, you know? 100%. That's really interesting that you chose those bullish archetypes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Richie Porter, another one from Frankston, a tough man yeah. and an uncompromising Australian, because you had to be able to stand your ground yeah. against your Johnny Boy Gomes, your Sonny Garcia's, your AIs, like... You know, and, and the rest. Bloody hell, mate. There was plenty, you know, Rob Bain. These guys could all all give you a serve. Um, being a head judge was no easy feat. Far out. And these were days when you could storm the judging tower very easily. There's, wait, what's your best uh, your best story? I love the one of uh, Sonny Garcia shaking the judging tower to its foundations of Renato Hickel in the top of it up there. What's got it? Freaking out in the in the in the top of the booth. No, I, yeah, I had a bit of a meltdown one day in South Africa where I was shaking the tower, and another one. In, see, in Japan, I, this, this, there was a time when, I, you know, again, I was it was the number one world ranking on the line, and I lost a three-two decision. And this is back in, the, and this is the last time that I blew up so hard, and and it changed it because this is the last time you're allowed to have three local judges and two internationals. The two internationals had me winning by a mile. The three local judges had me losing by 0.5. And I went, that, that, there's got to be internationals on the panel. Yeah, you cannot be going right. to these places with three local judges. You ripped off like boxing, yeah. And, and, and that's what it was. It was like boxing. This is back in the day, you know. And mm. Glad you to, stamped that out of it early. And, and like, but it was, it was only due by, you know, making, you know, you'd have to have a blow-up that would make John McEnroe look, John McEnroe look like a choir boy. I mean, that's the <laughs> level of the blow-up oh, you had to man. have. You can't be serious. <laughs> Smashing the single fit on the rocks. Uh, oh. the, the, the rocks start exploding, though. The boards were that thick. Yeah, far out. So, and, and you know, there was a lot of colourful characters. And, and obviously, you know, I love that whole gamesmanship and the, the personalities and making the... They're bigger than the sport, you know. It's a love... Yeah, I love Sonny, you know. I mean, I, I did a Jeez, lot of work with... would have copped some sprays from Sonny. Well, Someone I, would have been copping well, sprays. Well, I, I, I coached him when he was 17. He came to the Stubbies oh. right here at Burley Heads. He's, when he was 17, he got third place and off and running in his career. And, you know, I love Sonny. I mean, I'm, I, I just think about him all the time, you know. Mm, mm, mm. Incredible surfer. And in those early days, you know, a wiry whippet very much 
the early forerunner of someone like Zeke Lau today, uh, you know, you, you kind of knew him as a world champion 2000 when he was a bit more stocky and yeah. nuggety, Sonny, but, but when he was he's a, young, he was a yeah. whippet, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was really wiry. You know, he didn't have an ounce of fat on him. And, you know, you, you kind of had to be because there was the tour was – it wasn't the dream tour. It, you know, there was a lot of events that – you know, on the East Coast USA and Japan and, like, really small wave events. I mean, there's some of the best small wave surfers in the world. I mean, Rob Machado, Tim Curran, mm. you know, uh, some of those young uh, Brazilian guys, um, uh, Armando Daltro, and I don't know if they've even got a game plan. I think they're just going out. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever you get a go out, it's always a win, yeah. as George Greeno says. Oh, yeah, I, I'll go with that one. That's You appreciate it more and more, but... You know, you could argue that, you know, Burley Heads is the home of professional surfing. This is where Man I Man was born. It, it really was that, that 1977 March was the beginning of the world tour. And, uh, and it's continued on to this day. So this is a historic venue. There's no doubt about it. And the best you ever saw, do it on a single fin. I mean, you and MP, uh, prior to the arrival of the twin fin with MR, were... You know, I don't know if anyone's surfed him better. Yourself, Sean Thompson. Uh, but the best single fin exponent you saw? Uh, well, I, you know, growing up with Michael Peterson was uh, pretty special. I mean, seeing MP in his, uh, at, at his absolute best was um, something else. And surfing with him, I mean, I was a few years younger than him. And we went to Hawaii together and slept on the beach. And, but then when I hit the open, we became... Bitter rivals. <laughs> I mean, like you, like you've never seen before. Like wow. uh, spy versus spy, skullduggery at every. But it was a lot of fun surfing with him, though. I mean, he was so aggressive, and and uh, you know, he, he just he just attacked. Yeah. But you know, another you know, Sean Thompson also. I give him a lot of credit. I mean, Sean uh, Sean's a great single fin surfer, as was Mr. You know, Mr. Before the twin fin, he was on the Stinger, the Ben Iper Stingers. Mm. He was doing some pretty cool surfing on that. But, uh, you know, I mean, Emma used to come up to surf Rainbow Bay when he was, like, 10 years of age. And he had this really, he, uh, he had this kind of gawky style. Like he'd knock kneed and his arms were flailing. He hadn't put it all together yet. Then one day I walked up the top of the hill at D-Bar and I looked down and I saw this guy do a roundhouse gouging cutback at D-Bar. And I went, it doesn't look like MP. And I went down the bottom and I went, my God, it's that kid. <laughs> I used to call him that kid. And it was Mark Richards. Wow. On his way to winning four straight yeah. and becoming one of the all-time greats of the sport. Yeah, so you've, you've you know, you definitely picked a couple of good, you know, if there were three names to pick out, it would be Michael Peterson, Sean Thompson and Mark Richards yeah. uh, in my books. And how are their approaches different? Someone like MP versus uh, Sean? Oh, <laughs> so different. I mean... You know, I mean, Sean was like the, the, you know, the gentleman surfer from South Africa, but a fierce, fierce competitor. Uh, but MP, just, he, he just used to terrify people, you know. Like he, MR used to always say he was just white-knuckle terrified of, wow. of MP. And he just would give off this vibe. I mean, he was the king of psych. Wow. The king of psych. You know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, give me a lot of credit for my fierce competitiveness. But MP basically taught me everything I knew as far as, like, he was gnarly. Mm. He was a gnarly psych-out merchant. He'd just, <laughs> he'd just stand in front of you like, like Muhammad Ali. Like no he'd just way. stand right in front of you and just, wow. and just psych you. Wow. Before the final. 
Wow. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, wow. it was so good in those days. Oh, that's incredible. That is, I mean, there's just so much battler grit yeah. uh, in a guy like MP. You know, he's not coming from money. They're just scrapping to, you, got, you guys were all in that, that kettle, you know, just scrapping yeah. to pay your way around the world, yeah. just doing your absolute best, you know, shoestring budgets, the works. Yeah. And that, yeah there's desperation in that. Well, you can never beat a desperate surfer. I mean, at airports, we used to travel on these bogus, uh, these bogus air tickets with these revalidation stickers, right? <laughs> and I went all around the world and this ratty old ticket I bought in Bali... <laughs> It was so bogus, it was unbelievable. And by the time I got to my last flight from Honolulu to uh, Sydney, uh, right at the end, I've been travelling on this thing for seven months, I had a a stack of revalidation stickers, one on top of the other, and the guy at the airport lifted it up and looked at the bottom one and saw barley, you know, like, and he just looked at me and, and then he went, you know what? Just get out of here. <laughs> I've seen your kind before. Yeah, um, Raggedy ass, shoestring, taking the piss surface. Get out of here. Too much, too much paperwork. <laughs> Just beat it. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable. I know. It was it's so I mean, surfers were just... We had to be... Not scammers, but we, we had to be just... Honest scammers, mate. You, you weren't hurting anyone. You just no. want to, you know, get a couple tubes. <laughs> I mean, there was a great uh, tradition of it. I mean, Mickey Dora was the original... And, and we went, well, this is how you get around the world. I mean, if you can beat the airlines, catch me if you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, guys are paying their way around the world with any means possible. Uh, yeah. As we know, I mean, the G-Land guys, McCabe, Ricky Rasmussen, Boyum. Oh, I mean, there was names. that chapter. There was, uh, oh. you know, every every they left no stone unturned in their quest to chase tubes and uh, chase ratings points. And, mate, you had to do what you had to do in those days. So. And, and all it meant was, like, if you won $1,000, you got to spend an extra three months in Hawaii. Fantastic. What a result. So it was, it was desperation stakes. I remember, you know, spending my last $10 uh, in Hawaii at the uh, Kualima Smorgasbord. <laughs> and, uh, Loading I, I, up on a plate lunch. And I walked out of there with uh, roast beef stacked around my, <laughs> my waist. <laughs> and we got down the beach the next morning. Waimea Bay was 25 feet, right? <laughs> and for the final, it was 25 for Waimea. And we got down there. And this is where the reputation came from. And, and, and the, these Hawaiian guys came down and said, Man, those Aussies, they're animals. They're savages. Yeah. They're, they're down there drawing... Chewing on raw meat. <laughs> and it was the, it Not was quite raw. It's come from the plate lunch. It, it was prime roast beef. <laughs> anyway, there's some funny Day old, stories. But but, not you know, raw. We had to win our way to the next event. Oh, I mean, and we were all in the same boat. You know, there was no sponsorship. And uh, it was kind of cool, though. That, that, you know, we had a lot of camaraderie, really. Unbelievable. No sharing, but camaraderie. Unbelievable, yeah. Now you had to fight for every meal ticket. Wow, it's tough going out there. I mean, uh, what was the the most marginal conditions you ever saw an event contested in? The the wave pool there. Yeah, uh, Allentown, right Allentown <laughs> wave pool. Pennsylvania. Oh god, that was so marginal. The uh, the local pro had never seen the ocean. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Talk to us about boards, bugs. Yeah. Uh, any magic carpets that spring to mind? Any single fins you had that were just mind melting? Oh, yeah. I mean, Old Faithful was great. I mean, like, back in the day, you know, you had to make a board from scratch, right? The rockers, everything had to be right. I mean, seriously, it's not like today where 90% of the boards coming off the machine are good, right? Back then, the magic board really was special. And although you should have put it in cotton wool, 
you just want to ride it to death. That's right. <laughs> you know. The cyclone starts spinning, you're out there at Kira. Oh, God. Thrashing yes. that thing. Yeah, it's so true, though. Leggies, no leggies. No leggies. Oh, my Lord. No. Yeah, I mean, you, I'll tell you hiding. what, surfing six to eight-foot Burley Cove with no leggy, <laughs> there's a challenge. Wow. Here's what we had to learn now to do. Now, now there's an art form that is lost. You had to pull into the barrel, and just before the barrel, before and you knew you weren't coming out, if your board went on the rocks at Burley, it was all over. Wow. And you, it's not like you had an issue of boards. So what you had to do just before the section closed out, you had to bail, have the board get the bounce of the inside of the barrel and pop out the back. <laughs> I'm telling you, Stop it's, it. it's an art form. It Mate. had to be done. Wow. Yeah. The and in the tube, six-foot burly kick-out, yeah. no leggy, mate. That is But a kick-out from inside the barrel, yeah. and, and it bursts out the back, oh you know, on such a hollow wave. You see it a pipeline sometimes. And, with, you know, with such a shortage of boards, if your board went on the rocks of the cove, no one's going to loan you a board. You had massive chunks out of it. And, uh, yeah, no, it was... Uh, you had to serve a little bit differently at Burley back before leg wraps, I've got to tell you. Wow, that's a remarkable story. Surfing has come so far and Bugs has been with us the whole way. Frontside punt on the seat. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 Kidding me? Kidding me? Kidding me? You've gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? Kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me? You've got to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?